that's in this place this morning. This morning, if you have symptoms in your body, if you have any type of, I know, allergy season, which we don't receive, any sinus issues, headache, pressure, breathing issues, I want you to come forward. You can come line up right here. We're going to pray for you this morning. I want to stand in agreement with you this morning. Glory to God. Any, anything that has to do with, you know, the season that we're in right now. Things are blooming, looking beautiful. Sometimes our bodies don't like that too much. Allergic reactions, whatever it is. Jesus is the healer, amen? <laughs> Jesus is the healer. Glory to God. Glory to God. And we believe, those of us in the congregation this morning, you stand in faith with these who are up here this morning. Maybe your body is functioning in the way it's supposed to. And so we stand in agreement that they will feel the same way. Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I thank you for the healing power of God right now. I thank you that, Lord, I'm a just a vessel. <laughs> just a vessel here. But I thank you for your tremendous power that's made available right here and right now. And in the name of Jesus, I declare healing and wholeness in your body right now in Jesus' name. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, every part of your body functions right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, in Jesus' name. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, receive healing this morning. Receive healing this morning, right now, in Jesus' name, in this body, right now, we call you to come into alignment with the Word of God, from the top to the bottom, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, healing comes, healing comes right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we step in the flow of healing right now, and we declare it so, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I call you healed and whole. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, healing comes right now, right now, right now. In Jesus' name, <laughs> in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, right now, right now, in Jesus' name, healing comes. <laughs> healing comes right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We receive it from the top to the bottom. Glory to God, we receive it. We receive it right now, right now, right now, right now. In Jesus' name, you are healed and whole right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Glory to God, glory to God, we declare healing belongs to you. <laughs> healing comes right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. From the tippity top to the bottom. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father. He is whole. I call you the healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We are healed and we are whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. He is a pro at healing. He's the great physician. He knows how to do it. He knows how to do it so it's fixed forever. Amen? He's not shoddy in his fixes, but he fixes it and he does it well. He 
renews and restores. Amen. I want you to join with me in prayer today for our nation. You know, uh, we may look around and see uh, turmoil and, and this and that. And, you know, God is concerned about everything that concerns you. I'm a grandparent. I'm concerned about my granddaughter and her education and what she's being taught in school. I'm concerned about the laws that are passed. It concerns me. And so if it concerns me and it concerns you, it concerns him. Amen? And there's a gathering that's gone on this weekend in Tulsa. About 10,000 people gathered in one space to just cry out to God concerning our nation. Tremendous power made available. And so we're just going to join our faith with them because there's been a change in the spirit realm concerning our nation. And you know, uh, because we're in this nation and we are believers, we've been given authority here. We have a right to declare God's purposes for this nation. And so that's what we're doing. We want God's purposes in this nation. So join your heart with me uh, this morning and let's just go before him concerning our nation. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you that you said the effectual fervent prayer of righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available. It's dynamic and it's working. So we just join with each other this morning. We make our supply of the spirit available. Every person in here, we're just focused right now on the United States of America. And we declare the purposes of God to be moved forward in this country. We thank you, Father God, that you are Lord over this nation. We make that declaration. We say Jesus is Lord over the USA. And so we thank you, Father, for your purposes that are being moved forward. And right now we thank you that the enemy is bound in this nation. He'll not have his way. He'll not have his way. He'll not have his way because we thank you where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and there's liberty and freedom in this nation for us as believers. And so we take our authority, exercise it right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, for our president, the vice president, all those who are serving in places of authority, that you would give them a heart after you, Father God. For those that will not heed to that, we know what you can do. You can remove them from their place of office if they don't need to be there. And so we put it in your hands. It's not for us to say, but we want whatever you want. We want your desire for this nation. And so have your way. Have your way. Have your way. We'll not try to come up with how it should be done. That's up to you. But we'll let you know we're in agreement with whatever you want to do. And we know that your purposes are being carried out from the White House, Father God, to the state houses, to the town halls, Father God, to every part of our nation, to our schools, to our legal system. In the name of Jesus, every area of this nation, we plead the blood of Jesus. And Satan, we tell you that the blood of Jesus is against you. You are defeated and you are under our feet and we have the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Do you believe that this morning? 
Amen. Glory to God. We'll go ahead and greet one another this morning. Bless the Lord. Those of you who have joined us today online, we thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure and an honor to have you with us. Remember, there's no distance or time in the Spirit. So we are one in the Spirit and one in the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you, team. Oh, they're gone. They were fast. Thank you, team, this morning. <laughs> Always a blessing. I got so excited singing that song, Your Love Awakens Me, this morning. <laughs> Glory to God. And then we went right into give thanks. I'm thanking God that his love awakens me. Amen? Amen. It says, what a love we found. Glory to God. What a love we found in Jesus. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Mr. Ivan. Good morning, Father's House Family Church. It is Nature Barton here with this week's upcoming events and announcements. So listen up. I would like to first welcome all of our visitors. If this is your first time here worshiping with us, we welcome you. We thank God for you. We pray you felt the love of God and a warm welcome as you enter into the sanctuary this morning. And we would love to connect with you further. So if you don't mind, please pick up a connection card, fill that out for us, and turn it in during our offering time because we have a gift for you. And we don't want you to leave without that gift. Thank you so much for coming and worshiping with you. You could have been anywhere else, but you're here and we believe it's for a reason. Come back and see us very soon. Next, I would like to remind you about International Rhema Day. It is taking place next Sunday. And the amazing thing about it is it's taking place of churches all around the world, not just Father House Family Church. We are joining something so much bigger than us. We have the opportunity to sow into good soil and help someone who God is calling to go around the world and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are a part of that when you take part in Sow a Seed. So we are believing God for a $500 offering together. And so bring your seed next week. We're going to pray together as a faith family. We're going to believe that God is going to use to see in a mighty way. Amen. Also, on May the 8th is Mother's Day. Um, this is your reminder, and we're also excited to welcome moms to church who maybe don't normally come to church. We have an encouraging word for you. We want to take the opportunity to build up all of our moms and edify them. So if you know a mom, whether it's your mom or someone that you know of that doesn't really go to church or whatever the case may be, invite them out to come. We also have a treat for moms on Mother's Day. We can't wait to love on and edify our moms on the following Sunday. Amen. And last but not least, I would like to take this opportunity to remind you about the Kingdom Couples coaching program. Did you know that Kingdom Couples now have a coaching program for premarital and married couples? So if you are a married couple and you're just looking to strengthen your marriage, please come see myself or my husband, Craig Barton. We would love to get you signed up and set up on a eight to 10 week um, program. And it's gonna be customized to you and your spouse's need. Or if you are a couple who isn't married, but you want that premarital coaching before you get married, please come and see us. We cannot wait to sit with you for the next eight to 10 weeks and help build and strengthen your marriage on the foundation of Jesus Christ, amen. Awesome, and at this time, we have a very, very special person who's going to be bringing forth our offering this morning. Let's receive Mr. Craig Barton.
Good morning, family. Who's excited to give this morning? <laughs> amen, amen, amen. I know that we have some givers in this church. That's what makes this church such so awesome. It's just the, the giving, the, the generosity in this church. But what if you give and you feel like you're not receiving all that you should receive or all that God wants you to receive? I want to touch on two things real quick. Um, giving should be relational. God is a God of relationship. He's not a God of transaction. So I feel like, I hope not, but I hope this encourages someone. Take a look at your giving. Is it relational or is it transactional? Transactional looks like, God, here's my $50. Here's my $100 and that's it. It's kind of like you put it in the ATM and you get a receipt and you walk away. Or uh, there's no worship. You're not being led by God as to what you should give, how you should give, who you should give to. God is completely absent in your giving. And God, like I just said, he's a God of relationship. He wants to be involved. When you give, whatever you give, let God be incorporated there. Everything should bond us closer to God. And he wants to lead you in what you give, how you give, and who you give to. You want, he wants you to be a cheerful giver. He doesn't want, you know, you to be, all right, here's the money, you know. No, no. It's hard to uh, open the windows of heaven with transactional giving. So if you feel like, man, I'm, I'm giving God, I'm giving, but I'm not receiving the way I feel like I should be giving, we read it, we declare it every, every Sunday, I'm not receiving. Just take a look at your giving. Um, is it transactional or is it relational? God is a God of relationship as well. Um, Ivan, can we put up those verses, sir? Awesome. Have a few verses. For indeed, the gospel preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. That's one thing we need to mix with our giving is faith. If we're just giving just to give, just because I don't want to look bad, I don't want Pastor Maria to call me out, anything like it's not going to work, guys. We have to make sure we're mixing faith into our giving, okay? Um, next, Ivan. So let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Like we just said, let's have a cheerful heart when we're giving. Let's give generously. Let's give joyfully and not something like, oh, I got it. Don't, don't be dreadful about your giving. You might as well just keep it at that point. <laughs> and lastly, but faith, Abe. Abel offered to, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. That was Hebrews 11.4. Once again, we see the, how faith can make your gift, your offering, average to excellent. We want to give excellently. So everything we want to do, we do for God, and we want to do it in a spirit of excellence. Uh, quick story, when I moved from Boston to West Virginia, um, that was my first time having my own place, and um, things my parents said, it finally came to food circle, like bills, lights, groceries, all these different things I now had to pay for, and I was like, okay, but that started to affect my giving. It went from relational giving, because I used to give when I like started at seven, eight years old, um, and without boasting, I could say, the favor of God and the blessings of God was really on my life since tithing at a, given at an early age. 
But when I transitioned to moving from one state to another and by myself, that's a big transition. But that affected my giving. It went from relational to transactional. It was very inconsistent. And um, I, saw, I saw the blessings and the favor of God start to diminish in my life from what it used to be. Um, and I noticed that um, in my pastor at the time, he reached out to me saying, you know, you haven't been given and everything. What's going on and stuff like that. So thankfully, I was able to, you need, you need people in your life who's going to challenge you. Um, I turned that around, and once again, it just picked, just, it picked up just like that. Um, so I just want to encourage you, have a relational, a relational giving life as opposed to a transactional giving life. Okay, guys? Awesome, awesome. All right, do we have numbers for the roof? There we go. All right, so we received $235. Awesome, guys. Super job. Uh, 4,616 total. So, yeah, guys, we're really working. We're doing an awesome job. Together, we're going to get this done. And um, I think God is definitely doing a work in the church. Okay? Awesome. Oh, if there's um, envelopes that need to be passed out, ushers, if you're awesome, awesome. Okay. And do we have our. There we go. All right, guys. So, stand up, get, get excited, joyfully, cheerfully. Let's say this. Let's declare this. Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commission, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, Bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seed, and we are moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. If you have an offering, you can bring it up and release your offering. I'll give that to you before I forget. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Craig. Thank you for that insight. That was his first time doing that for us today, facilitating the offering. That was awesome. Glory to God. Thank you for that message. You know, it's always good when we can hook up our heart with what we're doing. Amen? Amen. Transactional versus relational. That's good. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. Hello. Good morning. Thank you, Father, for this time of giving. We thank you. We connect our hearts with it. That's how we can have that emotion of cheerfulness. We thank you, Father, that we are cheerful in, in serving you, cheerful in giving into the ministry, giving to further the gospel. I thank you, Father, that you multiplied the seed here and you increase our impact because of the giving. We thank you and we praise you that every family is blessed Every individual is blessed. The blessing of the Lord is upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. Amen. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. That's so good. Hallelujah. Uh, before we get into this morning's message, 
uh, uh, parents, first of all, uh, the last Sunday of every month is Impact Sunday for the teens. It's a time where they can serve uh, in uh, specific areas. And so I encourage you, bring your teens, let them get involved. Uh, it's important for them to serve in church. If they'll serve in church now, uh, as they uh, you know, age out of youth and teens, they'll stay in church. <laughs> if they don't get involved, it's like it's not their church. It's mom's church or dad's church, but not their church. And so our goal in that service time is so that they can learn and, and grow in relationships with others in the church that they're serving alongside. That's very important because now they have somebody else that's outside of their class that they're uh, you know, rubbing shoulders with and serving with. And then when it's time for them to age out of teens, because that, that day comes and it comes quick. <laughs> if you have kids, that day comes real quick. And so uh, then they already know people in the church and they don't feel like, oh, I don't even know this church. <laughs> you know, I've been in the room with the kids, you know, or doing things with the teens. And so it really helps them. And so the teens typically sit in service on that week. And if they're involved, they have something to do while they sit in service. How many of you know when you got something to do, it's more interesting at that age? <laughs> when you can, you know, man a computer or man the soundboard or, you know, do some mushering, it helps you stay busy. And teens like to be busy. They don't like to sit and just listen. Uh, and so it helps them. And so get your kids involved uh, with that. That's very important. Amen. And it's the last Sunday of every month. Next month, the last Sunday of the month is the fifth Sunday, and it will be Family Sunday. Yay! Y'all get to wear your T-shirts for the first time <laughs> together as a family. So that's in May. That's the last Sunday, the fifth Sunday of the month, okay? Uh, we'll be doing that. Before we get into the message, uh, I wanted to also... Uh, tell you uh, uh, something that took place yesterday. So for those that aren't aware, uh, the leadership team in this church, we get together often. Uh, we meet uh, with leadership uh, once a month. We're on a Zoom meeting together. And then we like to put in different activities and things so that way we can grow together as a leadership team, get to know one another. We get some valuable teaching. We have, you know, we go through a study on a book together, different things of that nature. Our leadership team is very alive and very real in this body. I mean, you got to have a leadership team. As the leader goes, so goes the rest. Amen. And so uh, yesterday we got together, we had them at our home, Eric and I, for a time of just fun and fellowship. And we did a team building uh, exercise or a game, uh, the John Maxwell uh, leadership game. It was fun, a lot of insight. We cried, we laughed, we had a good old time. And so uh, in during that time, I gave out our first award. It's the Pastoral Eagle Award, and it's for someone who exemplifies certain characteristics, and, and I call it the over and above or the over and beyond award, right? Because everyone serves well with excellence. I'm so uh, so pleased with the team that God has brought to this church. It's just an amazing team, amazing group of individuals. They love you all. They love this church. They are for this church. They are for Diane. They are for, uh, you know, for increase. They are for impacting. And so I could give an award to everybody. So this was hard for me. But uh, there was one individual who, who kind of came out among the pile this year with uh, some things that took place. And I just want, you could put that up, Mr. Ivan. It was Mr. Mike Clark. He's the recipient.
recipient of the first ever Pastoral Eagle Award. I'm surprised he didn't bring the award with him this morning. He carried it proudly yesterday and displayed it and reminded us of the award every time something came up. Well, I got the Pastoral Eagle Award. You know, I, we told Christina he ain't doing no dishes no more. He got the Pastoral Eagle Award. And so he got that award. Um, basically, if you ever have a conversation with Mike, you're going to hear about the ministry that he oversees because it's in him so much and it's in his heart. There is not one time that I talk to Mike that we're not talking about lit youth because he is for that ministry. They are in his heart. Uh, he carries them everywhere he goes. And, and he's always, and I will never get tired of that, ever. As a pastor, I'll never get tired of that. Uh, he, is, he goes over and above. He stepped way out of his comfort zone uh, to, to step into that ministry this year. Uh, and not just to fill a void, but because he knew that that's what God called him to do. And God has just come in and just given him ideas and all of this. And if you talk to Mike, you're going to hear, I'm excited. <laughs> that is his catchphrase. I'm excited. And because he's excited, the teens catch that fire and they're excited. And so he's gone over and above. He's had to fill some holes in other areas where we've had changes and he does it. I don't have to ask Mike to do much. He comes to me. He has so much initiative. He'll come to me and say, do you want me to do this? He'll check with me, but he always does it. He's, he values the art of communication. He's always talking to me. We're always communicating. And so he stood out this year for that award. And so congratulate him with me this morning again. We are blessed to have him and our leadership team in this church. I can tell you, we are so blessed. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. So, uh, you know, how do you get involved in leadership in this church? It starts first with the transformation track. It starts with getting involved in that, going through that course, and then uh, just serving. Start serving and serve faithfully, right? Serve, just be there. When I, I typed up what I was going to say about Mike, I started with, Mike is there, period. <laughs> Every time I turn around, Mike is there. And so faithfulness is rewarded. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So uh, this week, uh, last week, uh, I woke up uh, one of the nights. I think it was Monday. It was after, yeah, Sunday service, so it was Monday. I woke up with a phrase in my heart, and uh, the phrase, uh, it's, it's words more than a phrase. It's not a complete thought. It's in the word. I've heard it before, but it was like unusual for me to hear that when I got out of my sleep. Got up. Then throughout the day, it kept coming back to me. And I'm like, what in the world? It just kept coming. So I got a clue. <laughs> and I said, oh, this must be our message for Sunday. So that's our message today. The title of this message is called The Tongue of the Righteous. Now, it's not a complete thought. Uh, but it was what came to me. And it, there's a verse of scripture we'll read that talks about that. Now, the purpose or the goal of this message is not to get you to confess more of the word of God every day. That is not the purpose of this message. Oh, you got to confess the word. Now, if the Holy Spirit leads you to do that as a result of this message, that's great. Because, yeah, we should, as believers, confess the word of God. But that's not the purpose here. We did a series called Watch Your Language, the Language of Faith. Uh, last year at some point, you can go back and watch all six or seven or eight, however many we did there. We talked about confession there. My goal today 
is to make us aware of the value of our words and to inspire us to become more intentional about what we are saying. That's the goal for today. Intentional living is not about doing more activity. That's not what intentional living is. It's about being selective about the activity I engage in every day. That's what intentional living is. It's about ensuring that my activity aligns with the things I value most, my core values. Because when I engage in that kind of activity, I'm going to live my purpose. Because my purpose and values are connected. They're connected. When I live aligned to my values, I'll achieve my purpose. When I say my purpose, we're believers, so our purpose is to bring about God's purposes. Correct? Yeah. And so intention, and when I say core values, we've talked about it before, I believe in Bible-based values. If I'm a Christian, that's my core, that's who I am, I'm going to have Bible-based values. So I can say intentional living for me is living aligned to what the Word of God says. Right? And when that happens, it's not about doing more activity, intentional living. I talk about intentional living a lot with organizations and within the church. It's about being selective about what I do do. (laughs) Yeah, great way to say that. And so it's about being selective with the activities I engage in, not just being real busy and doing more. I think sometimes when we talk about intentional living, oh, I got to do stuff. It's not just about doing stuff. It's about being selective, being purposeful. And so turn with me to Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 20. Proverbs 10 and verse 20. I'm going to read it out of the New King James Version. It says, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The New Living says of Proverbs 10, 20, The words of the godly are like sterling silver. The heart of a fool is worthless. The tongue or the words of the righteous, and for the record, any individual who has received Jesus into their heart and life are called righteous. Hallelujah. It's not a status that you are trying to obtain, you are the righteous. Amen? Glory to God. That's that's 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that. So Proverbs 10.20 says that your words are choice silver or sterling silver. Now those who know me know that I like jewelry. And I prefer silver over gold. Why? because it was cheaper back in the day, not just because of that, because gold just doesn't go good with my color. It like makes me look, it, kinda, it doesn't do anything for me. I can wear it sometimes, but not all the time. And so I like silver. I have always liked silver, and I don't even care if it's real. I, I mean, I just want it to look pretty. You know what I mean? I like costume jewelry. <laughs> so um, I found online, so, because I read that scripture, and I'm like, okay, choice silver. So, or sterling silver. So I Googled, what's so good about silver? (laughs) 
So here's what some jewelers and investor sites said. It's durable and light. The added alloy metals in sterling silver make it an incredibly durable material. I have rings and things that I bought that are sterling silver back over 30 years ago, and they are in perfect condition. I still wear them, still wear them. And so it's even stronger than gold. In addition, it's lightweight, and this quality makes it an ideal choice for jewelry that will be worn daily or often. And this is why I like it. <laughs> Another site said, when taken care of correctly, sterling silver jewelry can last you a lifetime. Sterling silver is an excellent high quality choice in most circumstances. I have to agree. I like my sterling silver. Think about with me for a moment some of the words you spoke this week. What did you say to yourself about yourself? What words did you say to your spouse or your significant other? How about to or about your kids? or your grandkids, to family members, friends, coworkers, your boss, about your boss? How about the words you said to God this week? Think about those words. Your words have weight, they have value, significance, and they last. You'll notice the last part of Proverbs 10, verse 21 says, the heart of the wicked is worth little. The wicked here is the unrighteous, right? So we know wicked here are those who practice wickedness, <laughs> right? Those who haven't received the Lord. It doesn't talk about the value or you know, the weight of their tongue or their words like it does the righteous person. It talks about the value of their heart. Why? Why? Go over to Matthew chapter 12 with me. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is talking here. And we're going to look at verse 33 to start with. It says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I gotcha. For a tree is known by its fruit, brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 35. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And in, you'll have to excuse me for a minute. Glory to God. Um, glory to God. Can you just close your eyes and just pray in the spirit with me just for a moment? Hombre nesina mandroste lebrando na monse. Nambro kosune lebrande ne jandroko mosina. Lambro conosce ne mambrando suna lebrene ne mamsta. Grondo no mosina labrando no cose. I come against that right now in Jesus' name. 
that desire, that thought has to go right now in the name of Jesus. We forbid you, we forbid you devil right now in the name of Jesus. We forbid you, you can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. You have no authority there. You have no authority there right now in Jesus' name. You release that mind right now in Jesus' name. Right now. Right now in Jesus' name. Right now. You take your hands off of him right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Okay, thank you. Verse 36, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And I add, Selah. <laughs> Stop and think about that. I think we skip over that some. Now verse 34 says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is what Proverbs 10.20 is getting at when it says the heart of the wicked is worth little. Jesus said what's in the heart in excess or in abundance is going to flow out of the mouth. So the weight of our words is determined by the contents of our heart. Glory to God. We know that our heart is our core. It's who we are. And the words that we speak reveal who we are. We read the tongue of the righteous, who we are, is like choice silver. So we know as a follower of Jesus, our words have value. And that whatever we have in our hearts in abundance is going to flow out from our mouths. That is why it's vital that we do what it says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Go over there with me. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Again, I'll read it out of the New Living. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We have a responsibilities as, as followers of Jesus to guard our hearts. God's not going to do it for us. He's given us that responsibility and the ability to do it. Amen? Amen. So if the content of our heart determines the value or worth of our words, then we need to become real skillful at guarding our heart, don't we? We need to become skillful. And the way you become skillful at something is to just keep doing it. <laughs> just keep doing it. Stay, stay vigilant, stay intentional, keep doing it. So let's look at verse 20 of Proverbs chapter 4. And I wrote down six steps, and I'm just going to give it to you after each of the verses that the steps uh, came to my awareness, okay? So verse 20, in, 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 uh, I'm reading it out of the Passion. Proverbs 4, verse 20. Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you, and pay attention to all I have to say. That's step one. Listen carefully and pay attention to what God says. 
Verse 21, fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Step two, meditate on or think about what God says. Verse 22, then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Step three, live out what God says. That's a good way to unwrap his words. Start living it out. Start doing what he said. Then 23, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Number four, protect what you allow to get into your heart. Number 24, verse 24, avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. Watch where you're going. Step five, be intentional or selective about the words that come out of your mouth. <laughs> verse 25, set your gaze on the path before you. With fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignore life's distractions. 26, watch, you, watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth and the road will be safe and smooth before you. And verse 27, don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take a detour that leads to darkness. Step six, stay focused on what God has told you to do. Don't get distracted. Amen. Glory to God. Guarding our hearts is vital, not only because what's in our hearts shows up in our words and reveals who we are, guarding our hearts allow us to become more intentional with what we are saying. If it's in you, it's harder to not let it affect you and let it come out of your mouth. When I was going to one of the many health and wellness groups that I've been a part of in my lifetime. And uh, the nutritionist was talking about how to go grocery shopping. I'm like, I know how to go grocery shopping. I'm good at grocery shopping. <laughs> I just buy everything. And so they were teaching us how to shop. And they tell you, stay away from the center aisles. Limit your time in the center aisles where there are processed foods and snacks and cookies and, you know, boxed foods and things of that nature. And they say, stay on the outside perimeter of the store. I'm like, do you mean outside? You know, <laughs> because they said that's where the food is most freshest. You know, you've got produce, you've got uh, meats and all that. And I'm like, well, what about the freshest bakery? I must raise my hand and ask, the bakery's on the outside. Does, does, does that count as long as it's not in a box? <laughs> but no. <laughs> so you have to be intentional about it. And she said, that's where you stay. And then she said, it's easier to pass the center aisle at the store or to drive by the store than it is your kitchen cabinet. So she said, the best way to avoid eating the wrong foods is don't bring it in the house. Past the store, don't bring it in the house. And then people, you know, of course, how we do, well, what if I want ice cream? She said, go to an ice cream place and get a cone. 
Don't go buy a gallon of ice cream and put it in your freezer if you know you're going to eat the whole thing in two days. <laughs> or one. <laughs> Morning, night. Right? So she said, you know, and this is common sense things, right? But we always sabotage ourselves, don't we? We do it anyway. And so, and then we expect results, right? And so uh, it's the same principle that works with guarding our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. If we'll be selective with what we see, hear, and think about, we can stop negative things or things that don't align with the life of a righteous person from entering in our heart and being stored there and eventually coming out of here. Renewing our minds or changing the way we think or align uh, to align with God's word is a continual process. It's something that the Holy Spirit partners with us to do on a daily basis. It's something that we have to do to grow in the Lord. And, and, and it's, it's where the majority of our battles are fought, right here in our mind. It's, it's just, it, that's just how it is, because this is where spirit, soul, and body. And our, our, our spirit, you know, gets saved and renewed and all that, and we got to work on, there's work to do in the flesh, and there's work to do in our soul. And the work is not for God to do. He'll help us do it. But he's given us the ability to do it. You don't have to do it by yourself. But we have work to do on that. And so uh, guarding our hearts involves guarding our mind. Like it says, take into captivity every thought, Right? Not letting any thought that doesn't align with God's word go unchecked. If it doesn't align with how a righteous person is supposed to live, we don't just let it in. You know, it's like that little door, you know, at clubs, and you got to say the password, hello, what can I do? And it's a negative thought, nope, click, shut the door, lock it, don't let them in. Don't let them in. We have to be good gatekeepers of this body. Nobody else will do it, of this of our spirit, soul, and body. Nobody else has that responsibility for you. You have that responsibility. I have that responsibility for myself. And so we have to guard our eyes, what we see. It's hard to unsee things after you've seen them. What we hear, it's hard to unhear things after we hear them. And so if we'll get good and skillful about being good gatekeepers, we'll be one step closer to speaking words that align with who we are, the righteous. Amen. Glory to God. How many of you know there should be a difference between what a righteous person is saying and an unrighteous person says? There should be a difference. There should be a difference. If we'll be selective or intentional with what we put in us in abundance, then we can be selective or intentional about what comes out of us in abundance. Glory to God. How much value does your words have? We know this verse well, Proverbs 18, verse 21. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Classic. It says, death, <laughs> great, and life, woohoo! <laughs> are in the power of the tongue. 
and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. Your words are powerful. And as a righteous follower of Jesus, you have the ability to bring the power and life of God into your own life and the life of others by what you say. And when I first sat down to write, I wrote on, I typed on the paper, the tongue of the righteous, and then this is what came to me, and I'm just going to read it the way I, I typed it. So do you realize that with your words, you have the ability to bring Jesus into your life? That's what happened when you got saved. You believed it in your heart, then you opened your mouth and said what you believed, and that changed your destiny. Yes, Jesus provided everything for you through his sacrifice, but the power he offered didn't flow to you until you received it by speaking what you believed. That's the power of your words. I think that's why some have a hard time believing that they really are saved. They question it. Because we've been so fl flippant with our words, we have a hard time believing what we say. Yeah. Yeah. Our, you know, our, so when we say something, your mind goes to work here. And it tries to make it happen for you. Your mind works for you. Tries to, so when you tell yourself, you know, you're so stupid, you know, here, these, these are words that break you down and you start to act that way. You'll start doing things that you're like, why am I doing? I've never done anything. Well, because your whole being is trying to make that word come to fruition for you. Your whole body is helping you out. You start tripping over everything. And you keep saying it. I'm so clumsy, I drop everything. Butterfingers. <laughs> I drop. And then you find yourself dropping all kinds of things that day. Look, here I go again. You keep saying it. And your body goes and your, your mind, will, emotions. All part of you is working together to make you be honest. <laughs> Yeah, we're helping you out. There you go. You want to be a klutz? Here you go. We're going to support you in this. <laughs> Your body's not going to work against you. It's you. You're, you have to take authority over it. And you have to go, I'm not saying that stuff no more. I'm not speaking that over my kids anymore. The more they hear it, then their, their whole being goes, we want to support that and make that happen. They start getting better grades. They start, you know, we have to, we make whatever we want in our lives. God created you and then gave you the creative power that he created this universe. He put all that on the inside of you. He did that with his words and he released that creative power with his words and you release that with what you say, what you say. And if we'll get more skillful at doing that, we'll see things start to change even more in our lives. We'll see our world start to change because we'll start speaking and believing what we're saying. Right. Believing what we're saying. 
Sometimes I think we've got to, you know, we got to make ourselves believe it. Come on. <laughs> We're saying it because we don't believe it. Well, just keep saying it. Keep saying it. Glory to God. So um, I think, um, let's see, what else? Yeah. Your words can build or destroy. And the tongues, tongue of a righteous person, a follower of Jesus, should always be aligned to God's word, saying what he is. And God's a builder. God's a builder. The devil is a destroyer. God's a builder. So even science is showing us that our words do matter. Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's a neuroscientist, and she says this, researchers have shown that hurt feelings from words affect the same area in the brain, cingulate gyrus, as a broken bone or physical injury. Isn't that interesting? Hurt feelings from words are like a broken bone or physical injury. They can stop you in the way that a physical injury can. Words. Our words have significance. Proverbs 10, 14 says that a wise person tames or disciplines his tongue. James 3, 2 says that a mature individual or one's, one whose character is fully developed has the ability to control his tongue. And when you control your tongue, you control all of you. Now, a lot of us, we're not there yet. I mean, we're a work in progress, but the key word is work. <laughs> we're working. That requires effort. We're not sitting with our feet up saying whatever we want to say, saying I'm a work in progress. No, we're actually working, amen? Every day, every day, we get better and better and more intentional and more selective with what we hear, see, and think and what we say, amen? Every day, say that about yourself. Every day, I'm getting better and better. I'm growing up in him in all things, including what I say, including what I say. And so I'm getting real good at guarding my heart. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, now that we've heard this message, we're responsible to act on it. We're, ex we're responsible to experience what can happen when we're intentional about our words. And so now we're responsible for it, but we don't have to do it alone. The Holy Spirit can help us. Amen. I remember things my mom told me from the time I was a kid and my dad. And, you know, people will say, what's the one thing? They'll post it on Facebook. What's the one thing that, you know, you heard from your parents that, you know, have helped shape your life and that kind of thing. And one of the things my dad would always say, anything you compromise to get you're going to lose. That's how he would say it to us. Like if we did something stupid, you know, anything you compromise to get or to keep, you're going to lose. Because, you know, if we wanted to manipulate something and have it, you know. And so he would say, I remember that. I was probably seven years old when he told that. I remember things my teacher told me. I remember things my bosses told me. You remember things from your childhood. Words last, like choice silver is durable and lasts, good and bad. I thank God my, my parents spoke good words over me. I was blessed because not everybody has that. I thank God they didn't tell me, you know, I was stupid or I didn't know this or you're, don't try because you, you're not good at that. You know, they never told me things like that. They always encouraged me. Well, that's the same way with yourself. What are you telling yourself? 
because you'll believe you more than you'll believe anybody else. I've learned that more than ever in this past year or two. I've learned that you can have full confidence and believe in someone and just tell them, just believe in yourself. I can see it. I believe it. But if they don't believe it, they'll talk themselves right out of it. And so we've got to believe what we say. And we've got to start saying good things about ourselves. Again, the righteous sound a whole lot different than the unrighteous. Amen? Glory to God. A sign of spiritual immaturity is an undisciplined tongue. One that is unruly, unchecked, unrestrained, uncontrolled, and unbridled. That's a sign of spiritual immaturity. That isn't us. Amen? Again, we're growing up in him in all things, including what we say. Are you in agreement? Yeah. Amen. I believe God, our Father, wanted us to have this conversation this morning because there are many voices in this world, and he's wanting us to be his voice, speaking his words now more than ever. You are his voice on this earth, and your words matter. They matter. They have power. It matters what you say to and about yourself. It starts there first. It matters what you say about yourself and to yourself on a daily basis. That's the most important conversation besides with your father that you will have every day of your life. The conversation you have with you. And so it matters what you say. It matters what you say to and about others. So imagine how much we can increase our impact for God by simply just being a little bit more intentional and selective about the words we speak this week and in the weeks to come. Take that as an action step today. I'm just going to be just a little more intentional about and selective about what I say to myself and to others in this week and in the weeks to come. Let's use our words to build up ourselves and others, to encourage ourselves and others, to show ourselves and others the love and grace of our Father. Amen? Be graceful to ourselves. I think we're so hard on ourselves sometimes with what we say to ourselves. We've got to love ourselves before we can love somebody else or before we can receive love from someone else. It's hard to let someone love you if you don't love yourself, if you don't receive God's love. And you may look in the mirror or you may see yourself doing things that you don't like, that you want to change like three weeks ago, and it's not happening Still extend grace to yourself and speak the truth of God's word to you in love. And tell your body to line up. Tell your soul to come into submission. And just speak God's creative power. Let it flow in your life this week. Amen? Glory to God. 
We'll see the fruit of our words in the lives of others and in ours when we do that. We'll see it. Amen? Yours is the tongue of the righteous. Yours is the tongue of the righteous. And it's like choice silver. Glory to God. And so know that your words have value. I thank God that my words have value. And so I'm, I'm going to be more selective with what I say. Amen? I think that's what our Father wants from us, is to be his voice here on this earth. Let him speak through you. Let him speak through you. And let him speak to you. He has good things to say about you. Amen? Go ahead and stand with me this morning. I hope you got something out of that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Father, I thank you for this time together. I thank you that you are working even when we don't see it. You're working. Even when we don't know what it is, you're working. And we want to work in partnership with you, Father. I thank you for everybody that's here and those who have joined us online. I thank you for your presence, your power, your grace. I thank you that as we leave 